President Obama had instituted a way for undocumented immigrants who came to the United States as children to remain in this country while also giving Congress a period, you know, of time to, to act. Well, this, the, I'm sorry, the current administration, however, ended that program and gave Congress six months, supposedly, in order to do something. They haven't done it in 50 years, but for whatever reason, they say that they think they can get get something done, or maybe they just don't care. Um, I asked, uh, uh, August 19th, we had Attorney Lorde uh, George on the, f- on the program, and you can go to the website, uh, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, to see her. Uh, she's back with us. She's on the line with us, and I'm very, very pleased, and I want to tell you thank you and welcome. Welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, Attorney George. Thank you for having me again. Oh, really, our pleasure, uh, and thank you for coming uh, to to enlighten us and inform us about this very important and topical uh, subject. Let me tell you a little about Attorney George. She is an immigration uh, specialist. She's a graduate of American University, Washington College of Law. Um, her mission is to provide her clients with a safe space, providing honest and thorough legal counsel. Uh, she brings a personal touch because her parents immigrated to the United States. She herself came in as a child with her family and they were helped to gain their U.S. citizenship uh, by an attorney. And um, so she decided that this would be her calling to give back. Uh, and that is what she does. She is a member actively of the Immigration Lawyers Association, the District of Columbia chapter. She's a former chair and vice chair of the Washington, D.C. Mayor Bowser's Commission on African Affairs. She's also lobbied for a particular interest of African immigrants on Capitol Hill. She frequently appears on television and radio programs addressing issues of the African diaspora immigrants' unique perspectives. Uh, And she regularly partners with faith and community-based organizations to conduct free immigration legal workshops, all right? Uh, So, uh, Attorney George, I really want to welcome you. Her telephone number, just so you have it, is 202-370-1360. Welcome back. Welcome back to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Tell us what what is a, what's DACA? Let's start there. What is that? Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's that's a great question. Okay. So DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival. And uh, Deferred Action actually is something that is not new. It predates the actually formalized process that Obama instituted through DACA, but deferred action has always been a tool that the prosecutorial um, branch of ICE could use. Who's ICE? ICE is the Immigration Customs Enforcement Branch, which is like the the police, for lack of a better description, of, of the Department of Homeland Security. Okay. And ICE has their own attorneys. ICE has their own officers that um, detain people. And ICE has always had um, the ability to use their discretion upon request 
to refrain from removing somebody from the country. Okay. And typically, before DACA was instituted, the way you would use it is if somebody was um, under threat of being deported, but there was a humanitarian reason or maybe you would be deporting them for um, back home to nobody um, and they otherwise had no criminal records. Uh, when I say deporting them to nobody in that they all their familial ties are here in the United States, mm-hmm. if they have no criminal records, mm-hmm. and if you could somehow show that um, their family members here in the U.S. would be impacted if they were deported, you could submit what's called deferred action or request, excuse me, deferred action from ICE, and they would make a decision on it one you know, individual basis using their discretion on whether or not they would allow you to stay and give you a work permit. So that, to be clear, uh-huh. oh, go that's on, not go on. new. So that's that not So Obama didn't institute the deferred action ability on the part of the immig- I'm going to call them immigration police because we might as well <laughs> say who they are, all right? Yeah. And so absolutely. they've always no. had this discretion. They've always had they've this discretion. They've always had it. Okay. Always. Okay. So when you hear this, when you hear the discussion in the news about how Obama created something out of nothing and he totally bypassed Congress, um, it, saying it in that context gives the misleading impression that he created deferred action out of thin air, and that couldn't be anything further from the truth. What he did do was through his executive action, say, look, the laws give me this little space to protect the most vulnerable and innocent of our undocumented population. Innocent in that they were children when they came in the U.S. They had nothing to do with how they got here. Um, And so if there's anybody that should not um, be criminalized or demonized, for the fact that they're undocumented, it should be these folks that came in as youth. So let's use the discretion that ICE already has and formalize a program specifically for these youth. And these youth that I'm referring to are commonly called dreamers. Okay. And, and now, so, so tell me who are the dreamers? Who are, what are their ages? What are their, who, I want to know who are the, I want to humanize them. Who are they? What, you know, because they, they talk in these labels, but tell us who they are. What, what are they? Would you have been a dreamer before you, your parents became a, no, because your parents came in. No, they were undocumented. Is that right? They were undocumented. Yeah, my parents came as students, but then they let their um, visa status lapse, and I was a derivative of their visa um, okay. status. So when their status lapsed, so did mine. Okay. So at some point in time, I was I would be labeled or would have been labeled a dreamer myself. Okay. Um, so and, that, and that's one, a nice term that that has been used since Obama, but generally they just call people undocumented immigrants. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a new term. Exactly. Exactly. And dreamers came from the idea of these are youth who know nothing but America. And and just just for the sake of narrowing down who a dreamer is for the sake of DACA, a dreamer is somebody that would have had to come into the United States on or before um, June 15, 2007. 
a dreamer is somebody who would have, and so that means that this does not apply, at least for the sake of DACA, to folks that just came to the U.S. as kids. Oh, okay. Um, See, I didn't even know that. Okay, so they had. Right. So these kids are at least ten years old. At least, well, so well, not only that they would have come to the U.S. by 2007, but also that they would have been here continuously um, for five years. Okay. So these are individuals that would have at least been by 2007. I guess at least. Seven, well, I'm not good at math here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. They would have had to be at least five years old then. Um, so, that, so, but but you're saying they too. Okay, so they would have had to be here. So this isn't just anybody who they were literally brought here. So they were already born. No, no, no. They were you not born. Okay. No, no, no. Let me let me rephrase that. Yeah, because I'm confused I, myself. I, but I want yeah. my listeners to get this clear, so we know who we're talking about. Okay. So a dreamer is somebody, and a dreamer again for the sake of DACA. So if yeah. we if we look outside of DACA, a dreamer is anybody that came to comes to the U.S. as a youth, and now they're undocumented. But for the sake of DACA, you would have had to be in the United States on June. 15, 2007. Okay. And you would have had to have been here for at least five years. So, because DACA, right. So, it did not apply to individuals that just came into the U.S. when DACA came into action because DACA was instituted in 2012. Okay. So, it did not apply to children who had just come into the U.S. the year before or even two or three years before. It would have had to be somebody that came into the U.S. at least by June 15, 20, um, excuse me, 2007. Okay. Um, been here at least five years, been in the United States by June 15, 2012 okay. um, during the application okay. process. Uh-huh. Um, they could not be... They could not be over 31 years old by June 15, 2012. So that means it did not cover folks who may have, like me, who came into the U.S. before 2007, um, been here at least five years by 2012, but well over 31 by 2012. It wouldn't have covered me. Uh-huh. Okay. Lorde George, she's an immigration attorney who is giving us the law as it applies to thousands and thousands of young people and explaining exactly who and 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 what this law applies to and so these are young people yes they are they absolutely are so what age to what age are we talking about here about well so at this point, they would be no more than roughly 35. But how? Because if you were, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, go on. But how young are we? Are we talking about teenagers? No. So the idea was this is protecting folks that came in as youth. So I see. They're, okay. they're undoubtedly now older because, hey, we all grow up. So, yeah. you know, another, another. And again, we're talking about who DACA protected. But if we're talking about dreamers in general, they are youth that range from, you know, folks that are in elementary school now to 
to um, young adults. But if we're talking about who is protected under DACA, most of them at this point are now young adults. I see. So, so there's a whole range of people. It sounds like the DACA didn't even protect, but they're young. They're in our high yes. schools. They're in our yes. grammar schools. Uh, I I saw something on Facebook. Uh, I've forgotten who it was, but she was valedictorian of her. I think it was college class, and she came out and said that she was illegal. No, she was high school, and she high came school, out and yeah. said that she was an undocumented immigrant and illegal, yep. and she could yep. be taken away at any moment. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this so this sounds like slavery days. It really does to me, because I read mm-hmm. history, and and mm-hmm. you know, this is what happened to African Americans. If you tried to run away to get your freedom to better yourself, you could be picked up and re-enslaved, even mm-hmm. if you had gotten free in the supposedly in in the North where there was no slavery. Uh, mm-hmm. They could still pick you up in the north and send you back down to where you came from. Right. And it's the same mentality. It's terrible. What do you say to how can you become legal? Because some people say, oh, well, it's the law. It's the law. And, and, and they're here illegal. If they don't obey the law, then we have a right to punish them and get rid of them and bloody this and bloody that. What do you say to that? How can they get legal? What's well, the reality of that? That's the core of the problem. DACA was a stopgap. You know, an executive action is just that. It's an action. It's not a law. And so the irony of those that are against DACA is that those of us that are for it are actually wanting the same thing, which is for the laws to catch up and actually address the dreamers and their family members. Um, We DACA was never meant to be a permanent fix. Um, It was just a way to protect the most vulnerable in the population of undocumented people who did not have a path to getting legal status. What do you mean when they did not have a path? I mean, I want people to understand exactly how hopeless getting through the immigration system is. Explain that to me. So you can get a visa any number of ways, um, but it's... If you look, well, let me let me backtrack a little. One of the main ways you can get in is through a family member petitioning for you, and that family member is either a parent, um, a sibling, a spouse, and or a child, and your child if that child is over 21 years old and a U.S. citizen. Um, if it's a spouse, you. The petitioner have to be a U.S. citizen or a green card holder. If it's a sibling, you, the petitioner, have to be a U.S. citizen. Um, if you don't have a family member that fits any of those categories to petition for you, the family-based route is off the table. Um, then there's employment-based petitions, and those are customarily for highly skilled or highly educated folks, but you have to have a qualifying petitioner that will um, hire you and go through the process of proving to the government why they need you and why there's nobody else that can do your job. Um, And there are seasonal worker visas. Um, Our president actually employs many in his resorts, which is irony of ironies. Um, So President Trump employs seasonal workers 
at his resorts. Yes, he does, and, and many resorts do. Yes. And so what? <laughs> so what is a season? I mean, is there a visa for a seasonal worker, and then they there have to are. go back to wherever yeah. they came from? Is that the idea? Exactly. 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 And again, you have to have an employer that qualifies and is willing to um, burden or shoulder the cost of the attorneys that um, hire you and pay the fees to the government. So, you know, it's it's definitely um, employers that have the financial means to handle the process um, legally. And then there's humanitarian options like asylum, if you can prove that going back to your country would put your life in danger, and there's qualifications for that. If you've been a victim of certain crimes, if you've been trafficked, if you've been a witness to certain crimes, and then the Violence Against Women Act has provision for victims of abuse um, if the perpetrator is a U.S. citizen or a green card holder. Oh, only um, then. Not if it's a, a, somebody at your home or n not if it's gangs or, or something like that. Because I remember reading that a lot of young girls were being sent away because gangs were threatening to kidnap them and rape them. Well, so the the, the, the crime itself has to have happened here in the United States. Oh. And yeah and so so we'll send you, you back home where we know it's going to happen pardon so the u.s will send you back to your home where we know it's going to happen to you if you now some people use asylum as a way to say hey if i go back home i'm going to be killed but asylum has its own burdens that, of proof that have to be met which include you having to show how you in particular would be targeted and what protected group you belong to that would be targeted so that that's a whole other discussion but it's not as easy as saying hey if you send me back to let's say el salvador um i'm going to be raped so please don't send me back you actually have to prove why would you be raped and do you belong to a protected group um that would that has been persecuted and which would in turn prove that you yourself would be persecuted okay um, hold on hold on just a moment attorney george we have a caller on the line good morning sure. okay may i help you you're uh, on the morning. air how are you doing this morning i'm fine thank you good yes the program is uh revealing but we're getting so much of it here lately and i guess this is because people want to be illegal aliens in our country and that's what they are people want to be did you say they want to be yeah other than that they would yes yes i said that definitely if they didn't want to be then they would go back to their country their countries i have been to many of their countries and i know you have too they're not down there poor and poverty stricken in many instances the reason i say that madam and attorney do you have that, a question you know well my only question is this i know you were worked in the um i don't know the islands yeah and what is, what is the reason don't they get an education down there don't americans deserve to have the, their uh, jobs in this country that's my question do not americans who are legal have a right to have their jobs in this country yes but do they want the jobs that you, you think these other people have let me let my guests answer the question first though sure, attorney george sure. yes think, yeah 
Because it's, it's a legitimate thing. question, but, you know, do you have an answer for it or a response? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest misconceptions is that immigrants come here and they steal jobs from Americans. If you look at the stats, that just doesn't add up. They're usually doing undervalued hard labor. Um, they're taking they're 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 taking on tasks and jobs that are open and available because nobody else wants to do them. And so, when does an American citizen have the right to have a job? I don't know that that's a constitutional right, but. Uh, my goodness, absolutely. If you are able-bodied, I would argue that, yes, it's anybody's privilege to have a way to put money, uh, food on the table for their themselves and their family. Um, however, if we're talking about are the immigrants in one way or another somehow stopping you from being able to do that, the facts just don't speak to that. And so when folks... We, we do so, disagree. Madam uh, Chairperson, would you continue on, please, the way you look at it? You're speaking to me? Me? Well, yeah, I, again, again, I'm not an expert in this field, but I do mm -hmm. know that my observation has been that immigrants are doing the work that Americans don't want to do. And that, in fact, if an American wanted the job that an illegal immigrant is doing, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, Attorney George, if if an American wanted that job, let's say they, they see that an illegal immigrant is being hired and being paid by somebody, and they want that job, can't they go and insist that they be given the job that the illegal immigrant is being given? Well, for one, I, I would argue you as a regular citizen walking around probably have no idea who's documented or not but if you if you, if but, you uh, let's just say we assume that you know let's say the, the caller says that this is what's happening and so americans are losing jobs to people other people who are now here okay illegally but let's right. assume that that is true just for the sake of discussion and then we have to move on because we have two more callers on the line also sure but is there not a right i my understanding is that if an american can be shown to want this job then the employer of the illegal immigrant has to give that job to the american Yes, I was just listening to the conversation, and I'd just like to make a comment and then ask a question. Okay. My comment is I have seen no Latino, uh, brown, or whatever you call it, folks out rallying behind us getting sh uh, black folks getting shot down in the street. And also, I know that the Latinos have no love for African Americans. I'm now the stuff that you have far as the law on paper, the Constitution, that's good in theory. But I'm out here, and so I already I know what's going on in terms of the vibe. And my question is this: Do you honestly think that the the immigration population, specifically the Latinos, are working the jobs that black folks don't want? Attorney George, do you have a response to that? Absolutely. So let's talk about where they are, uh, because we're in the DMV. Let's talk about the jobs that most of them have in the DMV. Most of them are working in the food industry, in the kitchens. 
Most of them are working as house cleaners, day laborers, um, and those are all jobs with high turnover rates, usually getting paid under the table. And I'm talking about undocumented immigrants. There's a whole other you know, population of immigrants that are here legally and just function you know, outside of the shadows. But for folks that work behind the shadows, under the table, they are taking jobs that are open and available to them. Now, I think one of the biggest dangers that we could have is pitting minority group against minority group. Totally agree this, with that. This this idea that um, Latinos, well, for one, Latinos are not the only immigrants, but the idea that immigrants in one way or another are, are the enemy to African Americans actually works against all of our best interests. And so I, I want to really caution against the idea of how we can only support one cause and or that if we support immigrants one way or another we're hurting the african community excuse me the 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 african-american community i I would challenge Mm -hmm. yeah i would challenge anybody that that speaks from that premise to really explain to me why supporting immigrants in the United States in one way or another would be counterproductive or counterintuitive to the African-American community. I now, totally I, I don't agree with you on that. Yeah, that's beyond this conversation right yeah, now, but yeah. I totally agree. Now is when we should be partnering with every other immigrant group there is, every group of well-wishers, whether they are white or black or have the same values that we have, we should be partnering with them. Of course, we're going to take care of ourselves too, but we should not be pitting ourselves. I mean, we're just falling into the hands of those who benefit when we fight with each other. I have to take another caller. There is another caller on the line that's been holding for quite some time. Uh, Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, Buddha. Hello. Is uh, hello. Yes, uh, you're on the air. Yes, Attorney Mitchell. I got two quick questions for both of y'all attorneys. Mm-hmm. My first, my first question is because it's about Latinos uh, taking jobs that we don't want. Now, my first question is: Do either one of you attorneys? know how much does it take per year to keep one prisoner in jail? Do any one of y'all know that? I, well, let me tell you. That's I, a lot. I know that. I checked, mm-hmm. Last time I checked, and this was like 20 years ago, 15, about $40,000 a year to keep one man in jail. Now, this is the second question. Would either one of y'all attorneys have a problem with letting the prisoners in jail, since a lot of them is like, um, um, building house, summer homes for some of these uh, 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 high-ranking officials on the inside of the jail. Would any one of you uh, attorneys have a problem with letting these brothers come out here and clean up our streets so they can have some money to take care of themselves when they come home? Would mm-hmm. any one of y'all have a problem with that? I would not at all. Okay, let me let me make that real clear. Okay, we'll check this out. If y'all don't have a problem with it, then I rest my case like Perry Mason. Have a nice day. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You don't have a you don't have a disagreement with me about having jobs for 
every community, particularly our community, where our people can get paid for work, get paid properly, have the benefits, and so on like that. And you don't have a problem with me agreeing to that because I'm told that a lot of times people end up back in jail because they can't get work. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I think, uh, Attorney George, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I, my understanding is that what you see, and you're much more on the ground than I am, is that the jobs that are being taken by undocumented immigrants are not the jobs that we would be doing. Or am I wrong? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, because there seems to be a, a feeling that that's not true, that these are jobs that our people could be doing. Yeah, no, there's several ways to look at it, um, one of which is the main issue then should be with the employers, not the people that are just trying to make a living and put food on the table. If you have a problem with what you feel are undocumented individuals taking your job, then the scrutiny really should be on whoever's hiring them that is not doing what they're supposed to do, which is making sure that their labor or workforce is documented. Now, if, if you look at it that way, you're, you're demonizing the wrong, the wrong person. And, um, you know, because all of us want to put bread on the table. Now, that's one that's one angle to look at this discussion through or one lens. The other is, are they taking the jobs that you would do? And arguably they're not because they're filling open positions. And so they're not taking these jobs by force. They're applying like everybody else does and um, being hired. Now, some would argue that they bring down the – and and this is a whole, uh, you know, we were supposed to talk about DACA, so mm -hmm. um, yeah. But this but, is, but it sounds like there are a lot of people in the community who are concerned because mm -hmm. there are jobs that it looks like. And even I must admit, I have I have looked at some workers, especially in construction and stuff, and on the street these days, and I'm like, where are the black men doing this work? You know what I mean? Like it used to be, you could see a lot of brothers working on the streets you know, doing concrete work, doing, you know, all kinds of stuff, and they're not there. So I think it's a legitimate concern. It is it a legitimate concern. But I think your point is well taken as well, that I should be going after the employers. They should be checking the employers to see, are you hiring illegal immigrants? Are you hiring people that are undocumented? Are you, not, are you giving jobs to people when they're Americans who have applied for jobs and you have, you have refused them? You know Exactly. Uh, if you look at it that way, you're, you're, then I, I think really attacking the core of the problem because, again, they're not taking these jobs by force. They're not holding a gun to the employer's head and saying, hire me, don't hire that American citizen. True, um, but it, the effect on, if, if what the audience is saying, or at least the few who've called in are saying, and I don't presume that to be the whole audience by any mean, uh, but if what they're saying is true, they are seeing that jobs that people used to be able to get, they can no longer get. Whether it's by force or not, it's happening, and I, and if it is, then we that may be a concern. 
And you may be right that the way to approach that would be to go to the employer and and check them out uh, <laughs> instead of trying to get the individual person because everybody's just trying to take care of their family one way or the other. Um, Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on just a moment. Is there another caller? No? Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure. But let's get back to what we were talking about in terms of DACA because, you know, I'm trying to keep it topical but still of interest and explain what the law is and how the impact of the law is affecting people in an everyday uh, situation. So if they have said DACA will no longer prevent people from being picked up and sent back to wherever they are I guess ethnically from if they've not mm -hmm. ever lived there what does that mean as a human thing I mean does that mean that people get picked up and sent to the border of Mexico or Costa Rica or somewhere like that and they have they don't know where they are they don't have any family they don't have any ties I mean what does that mean as a human thing how is that supposed to operate or did Jeff Sessions bother to tell people no, he didn't. And uh, uh, what what Sessions and Trump were aiming for, or what they say they're aiming for, is to push for Congress to actually create legislation that formalizes the protection of, of Dreamers from being deported and gives them a path to legal status in the U.S. Um, now, they have insisted or stated in one way or another that Dreamers should not fear that they will be identified and removed from the country. <clears throat> but I would argue that we just don't know how that's going to play out. Um, for all sorts of reasons, this current administration is very unpredictable and has surprised us time and time again when it comes to having some sort of a heart. So or lack thereof. It, yeah, exactly. So what it would look like if dreamers were picked up and rounded up, so to speak, would be them being placed in removal proceedings um, where they would um, then have an opportunity to argue why they should not be removed from the country if they had what's called a claim of relief, which is our lingo for a defense, a legal defense to be able to stay in the United States. And the thing is, if you are a dreamer that utilized DACA and you sat down with an attorney who was able to actually go through what your options may or may not be, that attorney already sorted out that you don't have any other options. That's why you would be requesting protection under DACA. So we're on our last section right now, and um, it's estimated that the U.S. stands to lose $280 billion if the nearly 1 million undocumented persons who qualify the, for the program are deported, okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? What are the other consequences of not allowing the dreamers to stay in the United States? Families will be broken. Um, you're also dealing with communities being disrupted. 
You know, these are folks that grew up in the United States. The U.S. is all that they know. They've contributed to their communities. They're working. Some of them are doing awesome things. Some of them are um, just supporting their family. And I, I say just not to minimize that, but, you know, if if they are the main source of income for the family because now they have a work and they're able to, you know, function outside of the shadows and get a properly paid job um, that makes a difference for whomever it is that they're supporting. You're also dealing with, you know, brilliant folks who are in college and in, in higher academia. Some of them are on the work, the police workforce. They're protecting us. Some of them are teachers. Some of them are studying to be doctors. I mean, and some are even lawyers. Some, I know a, a dreamer who's an immigration attorney himself. Um, you know, these are people that are contributing to the, the fabric of America. Um, okay. America is all that they know. And if you're yanking them out of the fabric of, of America, some would argue you'd be disrupting um, our, our, our communities. Um, that's, you know, and, and then just from a human sense, you would be disrupting families. There's a lot of mixed status families where one parent or excuse me, one person may be a citizen or one person may have some sort of protection afforded to them by um, the government and the laws where another person is does not have access to that. And that, you know, that befuddles a lot of people who don't understand immigration laws. Mm-hmm. And But that's a reality that we are wanting Congress to fix. And again, DACA was a a stopgap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have, we have a caller on the line. Um, Good morning. May I help you please? Uh, uh, Good morning. Yes. I am calling concerning um, something that was said by the lady. (coughs) She said that the jobs that are taken are taken by jobs that it doesn't want. In 1974, in the government offices where they were cleaners, which is a good job, uh, there were black people. All the bricklayers that built all those buildings were black people. The steel vendors were black. The laborers were black. You tell me how come in 2017, on the streets of Washington, D.C., there is not one black person hired on the streets to do that, or bricklayer, or, 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 or cap forming concrete. None of that exists. She has to take care of that, not to us. She has to take care of that. It is unfair that my son cannot be trained in a, in, in a, in, in, in a program to be a, a mason or stuff. All you find is Hispanics. It, you cannot tell me anything is right about that. Let, Let me, me ask a question. Let me ask a question. I work in D.C., um, and I'm in and out of government buildings. Mm-hmm. There's no employee in a government building that that has not proven that they're able to work there legally. So this idea that... Uh, but no, no, ma'am, I'm not, I'm not talking about legally. That's not what I'm talking about. No, but I I'm trying to say that they don't have illegal 
um, undocumented individuals in these positions. If you're okay. seeing a Latino so, person, there's none in the brick lane. There's none in the brick lane. I was taking a, 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 a home inspector course in 1976, mm-hmm. and, I, and and what was said is that in ten, in five to ten years, the only people who will be doing construction work in and around the metropolitan area is going to be Hispanics. You so have to the understand. The question should be why. Also, Hold on. The huh? question should be why. Why? But that is that not is on question. me. That is not on me. The point is, I need a job. I'm a construction worker, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is work. I live here <laughs> nearly all my life, and I don't see nobody like me looking at none of the jobs. And you telling me I, it's on me to do something about that? I didn't. I don't think I said that it was on you to do that. What I'm trying to say is, there's this misconception that you're not seeing more African-Americans doing this job because somebody's taking it from you. The, the, have, are you telling me that you know people that have been applying for the job and they've gotten denied? Is that I what you're telling me? I am saying to you, I am saying mm-hmm. to you, from 1974, what, what happened that there is none? I mean, I mean absolutely, the only thing you would see black people doing is holding a flag, or dealing with traffic or something like that. That is that that that's ridiculous. You can't tell us the people that actually build this country have no skills. I that's so again it, it goes no it goes back to the question of why because if you it would be one thing if you told me that all these African Americans were applying for the jobs and getting denied and it was given to a Latino. That would be one thing. But when I'm asking you if that's what's happening, you can't even speak to that. You're just speaking to what you see. What you are are doing there is creating a a scenario to make um, this problem just disappear. The reality, it is that way. You explain to me why it is that way. Okay. You cannot say all the capitals in the, the, the apprentices, all of them that are black, are incompetent. You can't say that. I, I, I never said that. I'm saying that they are no longer in those fields. That's what I'm saying. I'm what, not are, talking what, about what people's saying? skill sets. What are you saying? Okay, when wait, is the last time? <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I think that I think that the the caller has made a very strong point, and I think that the 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 uh, guest has stated her position and i think they're both legitimate i think they're both fair and i think they're both you know i think no 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 what no no i i think what you're saying is that there is a reality just yes. like i said that i don't i don't even see black people in construction fields anymore where you would expect them to be no i have said that Okay, she's saying are black kids applying for are black men applying for these jobs and being denied? Is that the reason why they're not? And the reason why I'm talking is because in front of my house there's a people and I went there to get a job, right? It didn't happen. So it you you recently went in to get a job that you were qualified for, and you were denied because there was an undocumented immigrant working in I that job. That. Is that I, what I, you're I, saying? I, 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 I can't do okay. That's a, that's a, the unfair 
and that would be unjust. I am just dealing with a reality. You uh-huh. explain to me why all the jobs you find, you will find Hispanic workers, and you find no black people, and you see white people working. Yeah, no, I think I think it's you know, that's my point. That's yeah, my point. no, I that's think it's point. a good point. Thank you for calling in. I think right. it's a good point. Thank you for calling in. We only have two minutes left, okay? And there is one other person on the line. Buddha, can you put that one person that's been waiting on on? Thank you. Yes, very quickly. You have a question? Um, this is Susan Slater from DC Habitat. Uh huh. Is this something you want to no, talk no. about a little oh, later? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That Okay. No, that was the wrong person. Okay. Um, I'll wait. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, Attorney George, I think we have to kind of wrap up right now. We only have about another minute to go. Is there is there something just in in summary that you'd like to leave the audience with because this has been an excellent program and I'm glad people are calling in it's it's okay to not agree it's okay definitely but but I asked you to come on to talk about the law and I think you have given us a lot of good information so I know I understand it better whether we agree with everybody that's called in or not we don't have to agree but is there something uh, just very quickly in summary you'd like to say yeah, absolutely. So I think one the, the rallying call at this point is to press your congressional representatives to actually um, make laws that, that, that apply to the times that we're in. The immigration laws, it's been roughly, well, since the 90s, since there's been comprehensive immigration reform. And immigration laws have to constantly shift and change as they evolve with the times and the population and the needs of the U.S. citizens. And and now's the time to act so that we can create paths for people to be here legally um, so that the workforce can be balanced so you're not dealing with employers that are taking advantage of undocumented folks and and at the same time normalize the process so that people who are undocumented have a way to be documented. Right. And also I would challenge the audience um, to really explore the idea of who and what America is all about because aside from Native Americans and Africans that were brought here as slaves, everybody is a descendant of somebody that came from somewhere else. 